Well, hello and welcome to What's Brewing, CISFA. What's Brewing, CISFA is a podcast produced for the California Community College's Student Financial Aid Administrators Association. I'm your host, Dennis Schrader. I serve as the 2021-2022 CISFA past president. Our co-host, Dana, is out today, so I'm flying solo on the show. Now, What's Brewing, CISFA still hopes to inform and entertain you for 30 minutes at a time. So let's start the show. And welcome to the show, everybody. And welcome to our first cup here. Give you the sound effect and everything, even though, again, my co-host Dana is busy on assignment. Also because I'm taping this show on a Monday night instead of the normal Tuesday morning uh, due to some scheduling things still going on. You know, we are in this transition from work from home to going back to the office two, three, four days a week, depending upon some staff's scheduling. So it's a little hard to get a Tuesday morning taping in always with me and Dana because we're both at home or we're both at the office, but all the equipment might be at the house. So I decided it was easier to just take the Tuesdays, do them myself, and in this case, do them on a Monday night. So hopefully we'll still have a good show. Might be a little shorter than normal, but don't worry about that, everybody. So today's show title, if you're looking at it in your uh, Apple podcast or your Google Play or wherever you find your podcast, it's an interesting title, right? I've got out there. The CISFA Early Alert System. And what's that really about? Well, two things. You know, July 1st is the start of new positions on our exec board. So I transitioned from president to past president on July 1st. But it's never too early to start looking for new talent out there in the CISFA realm at the community colleges in California to fill positions for the next cycle. One of the regular duties of past president is to look at nominations and elections and start on that sooner than later. And the reason for that is our cycle, again, although we don't take officially our positions until July 1st, we really kind of like to have everything ready to go at our time of conference. And our conference is usually March or April. And that is so at the conference, we can introduce the incoming board. We can do a little closure on uh, the current year. But the whole idea here is we want to make sure that we have time to transition properly. We usually do a transition meeting in May. And so with extra planning and going backwards in time, It's not a bad idea to get the word out now for those who might be considering running for a position on the board. So we'll have elections probably early in 2022. I'm thinking again, January or February. But to just give you a a little bit of a recap, things that we probably talked about back in episodes one through five of the show just a little over a year ago. CISFA, the California Community Colleges Student Financial Aid Administrators, is set up like a lot of state financial aid administrator associations. We have a president that really serves 
a three-year cycle. First year, president-elect learning on the job from the president. The second year, actually being the president, leading the organization, taking lead on the conference, along with a great committee and all the exec board members who help. And in the third year of that, past president. As I said, nominations and elections is the big thing that the past president works on. But also this year, I'll be working a lot on conference with our uh, current president, Anna Faye Robinson. Also looking at bylaws, policies and procedures, things that are intricate to how the organization runs. And so I am working on all of this slowly uh, this year as we are again just into August. So we have some time, but I do want to lead off and that's why I wanted to call this episode, you know, the early alert system to get people interested in the association. If you've never ran for office before, if you've ran, maybe not had the opportunity to win and serve on the board, we still want you. There are such a variety of positions you can run for. Now, again, the president is a big commitment, three years. But I have to say, for being already two years in and on the tail end here, it's doable. Um, I know we have a lot of financial aid directors and others. You don't have to be a financial aid director to be a president of CISFA. We've had a variety of people run for the position and serve our people very well. Because it's about coordination a lot. It's working with our vice presidents. We have two vice presidents, a vice president for federal issues and a vice president for state issues. They both serve two-year terms because it does take a little bit of time to learn the position, build a committee, and kind of get your feet wet with working with state legislators and their assistants and staff or keeping up on things on the federal level. So certainly a great position to have. You get to learn so much about either federal or state issues and report back to the association where potentially we might write letters or advocate for positions on bills going before us or on policies and procedures or regulations coming out of, say, uh, the U.S. Department of Education. There's a lot to it, but both great positions. Now, in this next cycle, we will be looking for a new vice president of state issues because we kind of put them off kilter a little bit. We have a brand new VP of federal issues for this year who will serve for two years, but the vice president of state issues will come open. We have a secretary position, uh, keeping good track of notes from our meetings so we can share that with any exec board members who might not have made the meeting or our regional reps or the people at all the different California community colleges in financial aid who want to know what your association is doing for you. We also have the treasurer position. Now, the treasurer position is very similar to our president position. It's a three-year commitment. It used to be two. But we felt in wisdom uh, that you gain through the position. It was a good idea to structure it very much like the president. First year, you're treasurer-elect. You're learning on the job. Most of that learning revolves around learning how to do deposits and work our uh, online book management system of all of our accounts. The next year, you're the treasurer. You're the one cutting the checks, making payments, tracking all that, making the reports that are 
quarterly CSFAG exec board man, meetings out to the exec board members so they understand how fiscally responsible we are and how well we're managing our money. And then a third year is served as past treasurer. Pretty much what it sounds like. You're the one with all the wisdom. You've done all the hard work and you're there to help guide your current uh, treasurer-elect and current treasurer through any uh, long-term planning. You know, financial uh, fund development. You know, new ways that the organization can tap into sponsorships, exhibitors, and other things to keep the association uh, fiscally strong. And so that's a, it's a position with some time involved. Now, I've served as treasurer in the past. I've done two cycles on it when it was only a two-year cycle. Uh, so that's still four years, I guess. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. You learn a lot of things. It's probably uh, the most intense one on just the association because it really is about all the financial wherewithal to keeping the organization healthy, keeping the bills paid, keeping the books balanced. Uh, when it comes to doing a conference, there's lots of bills and there's lots of money coming in and out and you want to make certain you have enough money at any time in the right account to cover all those bills. So I'm putting out that word to everyone here. Think about running for your CISFA exec board. And if you have interest or you have questions, you want to learn more. We do have an October exec board meeting. We are more than willing to have interested parties come and learn more about the system, what we do, you know, how do you run? What do you do with the organization? All of that. We want you involved. So really consider that. And again, there's plenty of time between now and really need to get nominations, but I want to get that word out there to everyone about this. Now, before we go on to the second item that I put out the early alert for, I'm putting out the early alert for, I want to talk about our conference. And, but before we get to that, I think we need a little bit of music to move our way through our show. And just like that, we're back for our second cup segment here on the What's Brewing Seats for Show. Probably more of a quick fill up for many of us here, uh, seeing that, again, I'm, I said this show might be a little shorter than a normal show, just because I only really had a couple topics to cover, and then we'll, of course, have our last sip segment. So I talked about running for our exec board. Now, for those of you who are not part of the financial aid world, but listening to this show, and I assume we have some people out there. I know I have my friend Mikey K out there, not in financial aid. He made the right decision early in life. Uh, just kidding. Uh, but he probably still made a good decision overall in life. Got a wonderful wife and all. But for those who are looking um, and work outside of our industry, my industry, consider where else you can get involved. Are there associations that you can get involved with? I, I can think of just, again, in, in the colleges, we have an EOPS department, which is about extended opportunity programs and services. Sits right next to my office. And it's there to help first-generation students, low-income family students and such. And it's extra on top of financial aid. 
And they have an association. I've gone to one of their exec board meetings. Wonderful people. And again, they have a very pointed service there that they offer. And again, they have a very great success rate. So EOPS has an association name almost as long, if not longer than CISFA when you abbreviate it. Admissions and records offices have an association called CACRO because their national association is ACRO. With, that's two A's at the start of it. It's like the American Association of College Registrars and something, maybe a, admissions something. I, I always forget this one. I'm going to mess it up. But we have a variety of organizations in higher education. I assume there's one for a lot of people in a lot of industries. Get involved. You learn so much. And sometimes, yes, it's a little bit of work. No worries there. But you always have to give back a little bit or get involved locally with an organization. I know many fine people who are part of Kiwanis. I had an uncle who was a lion. And you have a variety of others, and they all have some very specific things that they focus on. But again, it's about giving back to their community. Of course, there's higher ranks as you go to regional and statewide and national levels on these things. And that probably involves quite a bit more time. But think about it in terms of working locally to better your community. So I put the word out there for everybody. Volunteer. Join a board. Get involved. If you have questions, the people who've done it before you probably were thinking the same thing. I don't know what I would do. I'm not sure how I would do it. Uh, can I really do this? Yes, you can. Okay, let's break from that and go on to my second early alert system uh, activated warning here. We've talked elections. I want to talk our spring conference. So we've brought up probably a number of shows ago, sitting down with Anna Faye Robinson, our current president, who will be president at our spring 2022 conference, hopefully in person. That's really the goal. And we are planning it for San Diego. Same hotel we had planned for this year. Let's hope we don't have to push it off again. But she's already announced our theme. Our theme is Disconnect to Reconnect. It was kind of a, a brainstorm between me and her and Dana. And the idea here is we want people to disconnect from devices, the internet, and other things to reconnect with people. I see this a lot, um, or as a very important thing, because I've read a lot of books and I do read a lot of books, probably maybe too many, I don't know. But uh, some books on communications, business communication, email usage, the internet, effects of social media on us, and, and really uh, trying to assess this in a both a rational, logical, whatever you want to call it way, of the effect it has on me and the effect it must have on others too. And so... We may all get a certain amount of joy out of social media. We may get some joy out of taking time off and binge watching shows. But I think, you know, you look back at this pandemic where some of us might have been holed up a little too long. Maybe some people with their family, some on their own, uh, but not connecting with the normal flow of people. I think we really have to get back to this disconnect or really start on this disconnect to reconnect idea. 
So, you know, in talking to Anna Faye, I think we'd like to have a number of different sessions. And this is the call that I'm putting out there on our early alert system today. A call for a variety of sessions that will help you disconnect to reconnect. Now, there are some people that will be some big gets if we can do it. And again, these are all I'm uh, hypothetical. But again, there's a number of books by a great author, Cal Newport. Uh, I first read his book about digital minimalism. And in there, he will talk about how to minimize all these different digital devices, websites, and social medias on your life. Because if they're not really bringing value and it's really just a distract, do you really want it in your life? Now, he also wrote a book called Deep Work about how we've lost the idea that for those of us who need concentration, and really, all of us really do need concentration to get good work done during the day, how we've lost that. How, if you're checking your email every six minutes, and I was reading a different book that talks about that being pretty close to average. Actually, it's Cal Newport's new book about a world without email. And it talks about, again, how we check throughout the day. Think of how many times you're picking up your phone and looking at things. And is it really adding value? And in particular, like with social media items, is it really helping you or are you just bringing stuff that's bringing you down? So not that you have to give up everything cold turkey, but really disconnect to reconnect. What does that mean? So if you have ideas for sessions that might come through on this, things you've done in your life, things you're doing, how you've seen a change in your life by stopping social media maybe, or cutting back, or getting an actual newspaper, or having sit-down conversations with friends and family. That's what we want to talk about. That's what we want to get people to do. We've even toyed with, you know, talking to Anna Faye, the idea of maybe having a session or so where you would not be able to use your phones. I think I saw this, I believe, uh, I can't remember the name, Ed, Ed Sheeran, artist, and I believe maybe even Dave Chappelle, comedian, have done this as shows where they've told you you had to, in a sense, lock up your phone in a little bag, and the only way that little bag gets opened is you have to go out to the lobby, and it's like some special magnetic thing or whatever that can open it up. An idea so that you're present. We want you to be present, and that's really where we want you to be at the conference. There's no reason to spend two or three days at a conference, even when they're virtual conferences, Connected to other things. I don't think you get enough out of a conference. And really, it's your value. It's your time. Don't think of it, well, my school pays for it. My boss pays for it. It's covered on my expense report, whatever. Put in the time. Use it well. Connect with others. Again, what better time do you have? Like in my case, I've met people from across the state. San Diego, Mike Deer, our past, past president is down there. People to our just past, past, past presidents up in Sierra College and Butte College and all over the north part of the state. Would I meet them unless I drove around town at all? Probably wouldn't. I'd have to drive quite a bit of miles across the state to the 116 community colleges to meet them all. So if you have some ideas, again, we're going to be putting more information out throughout these podcasts. You can always feel free to email me at the wbcsfud at gmail.com account. But I just want to put out that early alert for everyone to put that in the back of your mind as just 
some ideas that you want to see or if you want to present or you know someone who can present. And for our sponsors and our exhibitors, if you're willing to help sponsor us so that we can put forth high-ranking speakers and all, please get a hold of me. Well, we're at that point again, everyone. I think we need a little bit of music here so we can run down to the last part of our show and get our last sip on. And just like that, we are into our last sip segment. That's a loud one. Ooh. It's a good thing Dana's not here. She'd probably yell at me for turning that sound up too loud. But anyways, what do we normally do? We do an I Dare You To. So my I Dare You To today are two books that um, I happen to think about or seen somewhere on a higher ed website or somewhere in something I've read. Uh, and they came to mind because I've been catching up on my NASFA off-the-cuff podcast episodes. I probably have listened to about five or six of them from June and July because they go on break during August. So I'm just getting up to that point. And they're, of course, talking a lot about the Biden administration and the different things that they're proposing for higher education, uh, among other things, you know, between uh, creating a a budget budget resolution, um, policy ideas and all. And so one of the things that came up quite a bit in the higher ed realm has been to talk about potential student loan forgiveness or student loan cancellation. You know, right now we're in a weird period of time. We still have many, many students out there who are not required to make payments because of the pandemic. But that day's coming where they're going to have to get back to making payments. But on top of that, we have a different crisis, if you want to call it. And plenty of news outlets have talked about this, including like the Wall Street Journal and such that I get and read. Um, the idea here that we have many students who have indebted themselves to go to college to points where it's really affecting their ability to move on with life after college, you know, postponing, getting married, having kids, buying a house. Sorry for the... Brief delay there. Had a little bit of a cough. So student indebtedness. And because there's talk about potential student loan forgiveness, there's two books out that I give to you as I Dare You To Reads. Now, I have not read them myself. I plan to uh, hit one of the local bookstores over the weekend in a few days and buy them if I can find them. First one is Debt Trap by Josh Mitchell. And so I saw this out on the online. Here's the full name of the book, The Debt Trap, How Student Loans Became a National Catastrophe. Now, the hardcover book, I believe, comes out tomorrow. So it's ready and ready to go here, everybody. Uh, and again, he's a Wall Street Journal reporter, Josh Mitchell, And he talks about the untold story of student debt in America. Because, you know, when student loans started, this was back in the what we call the Sputnik era. 
when you started the first federal Perkins loans to help students go to college and in particular study science so that they could then create the space race that we have. So that's one book. The other book out there on a similar line here is called Indentured Students, How Government Guaranteed Loans Left Generations Drowning in College Debt. This book also comes out tomorrow or August 3rd, I should say. So by the time you're listening to this, the books should be ready if you can find them. So again, this is another one about an untold history of America's student loan program that turned the pursuit of higher education into a pathway to poverty. I quote that from the Amazon site, which means it probably came out of the book. Uh, so two books out there to consider. I'll put links in my show notes to where you can find the books uh, and read them. But some interesting topics in higher education. Even if uh, you're not currently working in higher ed, maybe if you had a student loan, some of these stories in the two books might ring familiar. Well, everybody, I think we've just about ran out of time for today. Like I said, I'll try to keep the episode a little shorter than normal just so that we can move everyone on. So I want to do, I still want to thank my co-host Dana, even though she couldn't join us today on the show. And of course, thank you, our audience, for tuning in. If you have something to say or you have topics you want to discuss or you want to respond to our two big early alerts today, please email us at wbcisfa at gmail.com. Remember, you can always find this and all What's Brewing CISFA podcasts on Google Podcasts, your Apple Podcasts app, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and the TuneIn app on your Amazon Echo by using Alexa. What's Brewing CISFA is a production of Studio 1051, a collabor- creative collaboration of me and Dana. This has been episode number 111, recorded the night of Monday, August 2nd, 2021. Everyone, please have a great day and have a great week.